There's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux. fans how are you doing today it's uh, time for another new episode of talk and hockey the hockey talking show this is season four episode 13 one we're calling the tanev after our favorite player basically i think it's safe to say brandon tanev uh best player in the league hands down argument over uh that's what we're going with anyway it's uh Nice to see you again. Uh, this is co-host Tom. I'm with, as always, uh, co-host Randy. Looks like co-host Randy's got the old uh, rebounder out and is working on some saucer passes uh, to himself there. Uh, Randy, skills uh, development, big part of the game. What's going on over there with uh, the rebounder? Yeah, you know, you just got to keep working on your game bit by bit, get better every day, uh, get pucks deep, and, uh, you know, just Leave it all on the ice. (laughs) As far as passing goes, Randy, I threw this question out on the Instagram the other night after a particularly frustrating evening where I was throwing a lot of pucks into the feet of the guy I'm trying to hit with the pass. Um, And I said, you know, like, like one, uh, two out of every three passes were going in the feet instead of on the tape. I said, if you're going through something like that, like, what do you do? Like, how do you how do you deal with that? And some of the replies were like, "Shoot, uh, tell your teammates to just deal with it," <laughs> like, <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, and w- but one one listener uh, said, "Hey, you know, hit the the blue or the red marker on the boards and just uh, from different angles, all up and down the ice, just throw some passes towards that marker and and work on it that way." Um, do you have uh, any anything like that that you? You know, like you're just if you've got time out on the ice and you're trying to you're trying to work through something, you ever uh, find yourself working on specific skills like that? Well, I would say in game, if I was having struggle, if I was struggling getting the puck on people's sticks, I would then transition to just putting the puck into the ice ahead of them and then Mm -hmm. have them skate into it because. That, that always works too. Like just put it into an open area. They skate into it. You can kind of loop behind them or whatever. Yeah. So if, if your accuracy is just off, maybe you had a few too many Sukes IPAs the night before <laughs> could, could be the case. Uh, I would say, what am I doing? I don't know. I, I really like practicing saucer passes. So that's, yeah. that's what I do. Uh, I, you kind of use the net as, as a, something to, to kind of, uh, to kind of uh, use as, as a target if I'm trying to sauce and keep it about a foot off the ice and try and hit a post or, or whatever, or if there's a little mark on the boards that you're trying to hit, that kind of thing. I remember our teammate Carter was uh, questioning me saucing at hockey once. He's like, why are you saucing the puck like five feet off the ice? It's like, I, I don't know. I just don't want to do it. <laughs> ever, ever seen, you know, like uh, the Sedin sauce it super high across the ice? Like, you know, yeah. 
it's pretty sweet when it works. Yeah, it is. It looks great. Uh, um, the, the downfall is like when you go to try and sauce it and really you just take a wrist shot at your teammate, it's like a pass that's waist high yeah. and it's well, at least it, it still gets to them, you know, just yeah. a little, little coming in with some heat, you know, that's, yeah, about that's it. right. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, it's, uh, but we're talking passing here and that's, uh, you know, uh, getting the team involved and moving uh, yeah. sl- slinging the biscuit around. That's right. Uh, you know, speaking of great team guys, Brandon Tanev, uh, currently of the Seattle Kraken, he's a number 13. There's not a lot of number 13s in the history of the NHL. It's uh, deemed a bit of an unlucky number, I guess, uh, in certain cultures. And so that's translated to guys who wear that in their jersey. Of course, Matt Sundin, we did him last year as our number 13, probably the most famous 13. There's a couple other guys, but Tanev... He's um, we, we've long been bit Brandon Tanev fans on this show with our segment Tanev time. And uh, we haven't been able to really do that this year because he's out with the ACL injury for the whole season. But he was picked up in this expansion draft by Seattle from Pittsburgh, signed a deal with Pittsburgh, played two seasons in, uh, with the Penguins. Uh, and of course, he was uh, signed as a college uh, free agent by the undrafted college free agent by the Winnipeg Jets. That was back in the 15, 16 end of that season. And then the 16, 17 season, he um, joined the team full time and became an instant fan favorite for his hustle, his uh, shot blocking, his body checks, um, and eventually known for that greasy flow that would just uh flapping the breeze as he hustled from end to end. Um, what's your favorite thing about Brandon Tanev? Well, I just uh, sent an image to you in our WhatsApp chat. I, I was going to ask you, like, what's your favorite version of Brandon Tanev? And <laughs> that's a pretty good rundown of them right there. Um, I, I, you know, I would say just for, for overall for Brandon Tanev, it was like the intensity that he brought to every single game. No questions asked. You knew what he was going to do. He was going to skate hard. He was going to throw a hit. He was going to get it on a four check. He was going to get shots. He was going to get in people's faces. And every single game, you knew what he was going to get. And he was giving it like 110% every single game. Like, yeah, you, you'd want to know what to expect. He'll, you know, it'll be the same with him all the time. So, um, yeah, he's just like, he's, I don't know if he's not the glue guy. Like he's like, he's like the guy that you need on your team. If you don't have a guy like him, it's going to be pretty tough. When he was in Winnipeg playing for the jets, he was on a line with Adam Lowry and Andrew cop. And at that time I would, I would, I would feel comfortable saying that was like the best third line in hockey. And then he went to Pittsburgh and he was playing with uh, Teddy Bluger, uh, Freddie Krueger, Teddy Bluger. And, <laughs> uh, uh, Oh, the name escapes me. Uh, Zach, Zach, yeah, I think Zach so. Aston Reese or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, and that that was like the best third line in hockey there for the time that he was in the Penguins, and um, yeah, uh, I didn't really. I mean, he was on fire this year to start with uh, Seattle. You know, he scored a couple highlight real goals, and you're like, who is this guy? <laughs> like, and the um, best part when he scores is he's like so fired up, like yeah. he's just like that's like the best moment in his life, you know, like, yeah. like and it's infectious. Like, and that's why yeah. I think we love the guy because he's his, he's an energy guy. He's like, yeah. Uh, honestly, like 
his time in Winnipeg was great, but I, I think I prefer him as I, I think he, he hit his ultimate potential with, with Pittsburgh. Like though there yeah. were some great moments as a Pittsburgh penguin there. Yeah. And seeing him in the black and gold was pretty sweet. Yeah. So let's run down his numbers briefly here. So seven years in the NHL so far, uh, he's only about age 30 or so. Like I said, he dra- he came in as an undrafted college free agent. So he was 25 ish or 20, early mid twenties already by the time he joined the league. So he's got 325 NHL games under his belt, 51 goals, 56 assists for 107 points. He's got 138 penalty minutes. Now here's the uh, numbers that Tanev would probably take a lot of pride in uh, blocks and hits. He's got 290 career blocks, 1,082 career hits. Um, If you go year by year, he like leads his team in hits like the 18-19 season for Winnipeg, he had 278 hits uh, and 81 blocked shots. Those are career highs for him in that category. And then um, his following the following season, his first year in Pittsburgh, he had similar numbers, not quite as high. And he got a few Selkie trophy votes, uh, not enough to really put him in the full conversation, but both of those seasons he was like – you know, in the mix or whatever. So, um, yeah, like that's, uh, that's Brandon Tanev in a nutshell. I mean, um, it's a shame that, that he's injured for the rest of the year. The Kraken really miss him. Let's transition here a bit from Tanev time to just talking about the sort of goings ons of the NHL. Actually, sorry. No, we're going to save that for later. Randy, I just had a thought. I want to pop a question. I'm going to surprise you. Not Uh-oh. that kind of question, uh, <laughs> but sorry. I just, I, I, I'm all over the place here, but Randy, I'm curious last night on Instagram, I was uh, just, you know, watching hockey night, Canada, thinking about the old days of hockey. And I was thinking about, uh, it was Victor Hedman. It got me thinking about who my favorite defensemen are. And Hedman is currently of current players, probably one of my favorite defensemen love watching them play. Um, but I, it got me thinking about like past era defensemen and some of my favorites and, you know, Paul Coffey, Al McInnes, uh, these were a couple of the guys that I really loved. Um, uh, Zarly Zalapsky was another one just because of his name, his hockey cards. I love them. Um, so I kind of made like a post about my top five favorite defensemen. Randy, I'm curious from that era of late eighties, early nineties, like prime hockey card collecting days. You know, when there was only one hockey game on per week on Saturday night on TV, you know what I mean? Uh, who is your top five? I want your top five centers of that era. And now, like, this is like you can go in a lot of different directions, but like, let's just uh, let's just spitball here. Yeah, I, I won't say like these are my favorite, but I would say like these are like legit like centers from that era. Yeah, like guys, I'll, you just like think of that. Yeah, like, I'll do my best just off the top of my head here, but like Adam Oates for sure, Pat mm-hmm. Lafontaine, we just talked about in an interview for a future episode. Those two come to mind uh, fairly quickly. Uh, you know, if I'm you, you gotta you gotta think about Dale Howarchuk. Uh, obviously, his his time with the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, that's three. Uh, you know, Gretzky obviously comes to mind. Lemieux obviously comes to mind. Uh, yeah. like those, those are big ones. 
Um, yeah, but you know, for some reason, Peter Nedved comes to mind, but yeah. I think, I think Peter Nedved comes to mind because of, um, when he played for Canada for the Olympics or right. that one year. And it was like, I've always felt that that was super strange. Another one that, uh, comes to mind here is, uh, um, Paul Korea. Uh, you know, at, at the time I, I did disliked the ducks. Uh, yeah, I was still hanging on as a, a Jets fan when they moved to Phoenix. And I thought that they were going to like kind of go on and maybe win the cup and bring it back to Winnipeg, just like how Eddie Olchuk said, but, and Paul Korea was always that guy who was like, you know, a thorn in the coyote side. So <laughs> that, um, uh, Joe Sackick, Peter yeah, Forsberg, Sackick. like th Beauty. this is kind of getting into the two thousands, I guess a little bit, but yeah, those are the ones. But if I'm thinking like, you know, Adam Oates, for some reason, is it was like just legendary. Like, you know, he had like, you know, 90 assists, you know, he's just, yeah. he could put the puck in Brett Hall's skates and Brett Hall was still putting a top corner. You know, I would say Oates, uh, you know, I was, I was, a, I wouldn't say I was a blues fan, but it was exciting to watch what was happening with Brett Hall yeah. and Adam Oates. Yeah, Oates kind of went for a couple, he, like he played for the Bruins, I remember, the Blues, uh, the Capitals, I remember him on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was like, you think of guys in that late 80s, early 90s era who could really dish the puck. And obviously Gretzky's kind of like the master. You take him out of the equation, Adam Oates was like probably one of the greatest setup men in you know, modern memory. And of course his little like uh duo with Brett Hall, the Hull and Oates, you know, they, yeah, pretty they much, lit yeah. it up. They yeah. lit it up. And uh, yeah, that, no, that's a good list. Um, yeah. Joe Sackick, I think would have to be on there for me. I love that guy. I thought he was a great player and uh, doing a bang up job as the GM of the uh, avalanche and another number 19, who's now a GM, uh, Steve Eiserman. Uh, oh, I forgot Stevie guy. Y. Yeah, and Stevie his y. Legend, legendary goal against St. Louis. Like Detroit I, wins yeah. the game. I think I'm, um, I'm like I make sure to watch that uh, highlight like at least once a week. Like it's like I'm taking yeah. vitamins kind of thing. But this Tommy, weekend, I'll, on, Tommy, I'll I'll flip this on you uh, later okay. on in the show. But we we got to we got to toss to a song here and and, and okay. move on here. So let's uh, we got um, Johnny G of uh, Billy Talent coming up. Before we get to that. Let's check out this tune uh, called End of Me by Billy Talent. Well, I see you walking down a dead end street like a black cat following a limousine. A brand new problem every time we meet, but the same old reason that the grass ain't green. So self-entitled and your talk is cheap. Leave a path of destruction every time you speak. You find your bridges, but I just won't leave, cause I can't help caring about a friend in me. Life's so hard, but you can't pay for dinner with a big tongue card. Yeah, 
Okay, John, thanks for joining us here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. It's a pleasure to have you. Well, thank you. Nice to be here. <laughs> right on. So let's uh, just kick things off in, in high gear, as it were, uh, or low gear. I, we'll, we'll start a little low gear, then we'll ramp it up. Um, we're curious, how, how, do, how did you uh, kind of get into hockey? Is it like been a lifelong thing for you or did you come to it later in life? Or no, it was, uh, yeah, it was ultimately the, the first childhood dream I had until I picked up the bass. But um, uh, yeah, I grew up, I don't remember exactly when I fell in love with it, but some of my earliest memories are just sitting on the, my dad's bed and watching the Islanders in those in those er- that, that era when they were just winning cups like crazy. Um, and I just was always into it, skating lessons. I remember doing the hokey pokey and then just playing hockey forever. Just never stopped really. I, I stopped maybe for a couple of years when I was 18, 19. And then I got back into it playing men's league, which totally like hooked me right back into it. Cause that's so much fun. Right on. Yeah. Like we've talked to a few other rockers and uh, punk rockers and, and that kind of thing who have a similar story to, I think probably a lot of people who uh, play adult leagues, you know, rec leagues or whatever, where they, they were into it as a kid, you know, and then, life happens or whatever and then you come back to it a little later so when you when uh, billy talent kind of got really rolling was there a bit of a pause in in the hockey playing for you or was it uh no i always it en- ended up just turning into such a regular thing for me once i got back into playing men's hockey and especially before i was uh when, when i was a single guy i just would play whenever i could so uh and then when we started touring and you know that when in between tours when i got home i'd play uh, if we were touring in canada i'd bring my gear with me and pick up along the way um and we've even i've even played in uh in europe a couple of times once with with number two in prague which was really cool we were able to rent the ice we got the ice and the gear for 50 euro for an hour <laughs> no way <laughs> Yeah. That's really- so so we'll, we'll get into the hockey on tour thing in a little bit here, but first and foremost, I got to ask, which way do you shoot? What's your, what's your go-to position and what's your number? All right. I'm left wing. I prefer left or I'm a left-handed shot. I prefer left wing, but I still got some wheels. And when you play in the plus 40 leagues, they end up putting you on center. If you, if you still got some wheels, <laughs> I, I play a lot of center and, uh, and then, uh, but I prefer left wing and 25 is my preferred number too. So why, why number 25? It was a number that was just given to me once. And I, I think I had a nice season or something. I'm like, I like this number. I like that. If you, you could mirror it too, and it looks like a 25 and just good, good age. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah. There's a few like, uh, I mean, we'll be talking about this off the top of the show uh, in past tense. But like Dave Andrichuk, uh, uh, Joe Newendike, some famous 25s uh, from yeah. that sort of uh, 90s era. Do you have a favorite? Uh, uh, favorite 25s. You know what? I don't right. have a particular 25 that, that I, I, I associated with the number. I just really like the number. But a couple of Joe Newendike you mentioned, that's a good one. And uh, Peter Zezel was the one that mm. always pops out of my mind for some reason. He won a lot of face-offs. He yeah. did. He was also in the movie Youngblood, if you've seen That's Youngblood. That's true, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's like Randy's favorite movie, and he's always dropping Youngblood. I just try and work it into every episode. Yeah. 
There's uh, always actually, a team that looks like Racky on the other team. Yeah, well, actually, while we're here, we might as well ask you, what's your favorite hockey movie? Do you have one? It's got to be Slapshot. Yeah. You know what? I wa- <laughs> Goon is pretty good, but it would be Slapshot followed by Youngblood for sure. Yeah. Right Youngblood was, I, I was, I'm a 1975 guy, so I was probably seeing that when I was about eight or nine years old. And the, uh, like that, that hockey goonery was so in- ingrained in my hockey childhood. Yeah. Like I, I, I couldn't wait for contact and stuff like that and had they would have a, like the hitting line where all the players would line up along the boards and you had to try to get to the end. Yeah. Like, and now, <laughs> smartly, they teach like stick handling instead. <laughs> so, but I think yeah. Youngblood had a lot to do with our uh, nine-year-old mentality or 13-year-old mentality or whatever it was. And take us through some of your, like, just for being a hockey fan, like, you know, watching games, like you know, the Leafs are your team, but like, just what are some like classic hockey memories for you? Are you a big fan of that Leafs team in the nineties, you know, or, oh, you know, yeah. with Gilmore and stuff or like, what, you know, take us through some of your hockey fandom. Okay. So being a Leaf fan prior to the nineties, if you were all the eighties was really brutal. I was too young to remember what the seventies were when they were good then. So my whole entire, like, I was brainwashed to be a Leaf fan, which I'm doing to my children too. That's acceptable. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, I, uh, it wasn't, wasn't until that 93 season when I was 18 years old where it all just came like to, together. And just that was, the, that was the, the team that really like made me really passionate to the, the Leafs. It was such a good run. And Wendell Clark was such a heart and, goal, or heart and soul player. And, um, that team just, you knew they were going to win. And, you know, we, I feel like we got ripped, ripped off by the rest, but that's happened to other teams. And I can't, you can't dwell on that. And I think we would have beat the Habs. Ugh, it's so heartbreaking to talk about it really. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of what ifs that play out in that. And then of course, you know, there's the, is it, was it the Carrie Fraser that was the ref? Uh, yeah, the, Gretzky, and the, the infamous uh, Wayne Gretzky high stick that wasn't called. And uh, I, I have a lot of uh, the high know, family in Southern Ontario. that came out of the game and he drew blood. And that was the rule then. If you drew blood, you got kicked out of the game. It wasn't a double minor. They may have changed the rule because of that. So they didn't kick him out of the game. And then Gretzky got like an assist and then the winning goal, I think, in that game six. Like, so the tying <laughs> goal and then the winning goal. Uh, he was in on both of them. And then and then in game seven, he scored the overtime winner, uh, banking it off of the defenseman's skate. So they eliminated us, and then they swept the Habs. Or then the Habs swept them, so it all sucked. But I think we would have given the Habs a better series because that team was so tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you know, the next year was really good, too. They had a good season, got eliminated by Vancouver. And then it was up and down for a little while. And then the Sundin era was really, really good. They were a good team for a long time. And I think like Pat Quinn really tried hard to build winners, you know, did shrewd moves. Another heartbreaking Leaf thing. So Leaf, you get, we get Doug Gilmore back just before the playoff game. And first shift, he busts his knee and it ends his career. We traded a first round pick for him or something like that. Like just, uh, yeah. So this year I still am worried about the series this series that we're in now, even though Lisa looks so good because, um, you know, Montreal somehow wins game five. It goes back to game six and there's fans there and then they win game six and then it goes to game seven. Then it would be Leafs to lose it in overtime. Is that that? <laughs> so, so yeah, this, this episode is going to come out, uh, during this series, I guess. So like, I guess technically the, the series could end tomorrow, right? 
is, is, to, yeah. is the next game tomorrow. So we, we won't really get into the specifics, but just t- tell us about like, you know, being a Leafs fan and like the excitement around the team this year and like, uh, you know, and also like with Tavares going down too, like what, what's, what's the oh. vibe like being a being a Leafs fan right now? I guess we will start with the bad stuff, but the Tavares thing was just heartbreaking, you know, um, the, aside from him being probably the third or, or fourth best player on the team, like it was just so gruesome and ugly. It, it really put that damper on that game. It, the game almost just, it just felt like it was over right, right there. And in the series, it also sucked a little life out of the series, it put the bubble back into perspective and, or sorry, the no fans. That was pretty shitty. But that being said, I kind of felt even Tavares being down, we have so much depth and there's no way that the Habs could take us down. Um, and that's proving to be true. The depth has been what's really crushing the Habs. Like they've been keeping Matthews. They, well, they haven't kept him in check because he's although he's always in the offensive zone, but they keeping him off the score scorecard for the most part. Uh, but it's been the third and second lines that have been doing all the damage. So it's been really exciting. It was fun the whole season because right away when, they brought Brody in and when you really got to see what kind of a player he was, I didn't like that signing particularly much at the beginning, but he's been so great. He's been really solid the whole year. And, uh, and then bringing in Thornton, I thought that was great too. Even though like he is much less of a player, he's probably, there's minor leaguers that are, should probably be ahead of him in the lineup. Like, uh, um, you know, even that first game when they had the whole team ready to go and nobody was injured. <sighs> it's debatable whether or not he should have played, but I guess his, his presence is just too important to. He brings to those uh, intangibles, I guess, eh? Irreplaceable. Yeah. And you actually want to play hard, harder sometimes for those guys. And I think Brooks being back in the lineup over Nash is a result of Thornton and Spezza because they had some pretty good chemistry. And last night, Thornton scores. Spezza had a great game. How about the goaltending? You know, you this, you guys would have started the season with Anderson, and now it's Campbell that's kind of running with it. Like, is that uh, as a Leafs fan, is that uh, okay in your books, or or you know, it's always there's always a kind of a goaltending controversy in Toronto. It seems like. Well, yeah. Well, not yeah. We had a couple. We had a good run with a few good ones in a row with Belfour and Cujo, and Belfour was by far the I think the best Leaf goalie that we've ever had. Um, but. Uh, I was nervous uh, about Freddie Anderson to begin with. I, I, I didn't believe I, I had, he, he's, he hasn't seemed to prove it. And like, he's a great goalie and he, he plays really solid when he's on, but he, made, he always made me nervous as a fan. And uh, so when Campbell was playing, I was happy that he was getting a shot to be honest in the, in the regular season. And then he played great. And the Leafs were, like, his record was 17, two and three, I think in the end. And uh I still, I still felt very uncomfortable going into the playoffs with Campbell being number one with all the inexperience and all that stuff. And he's smaller, uh, but he's played great. Now I feel good about it. And so, but yeah, he's, the way- he's faced a lot of shots, a lot. The Leafs have been really solid around him. Shots yeah, really that's been the rap against the Leafs the last couple of years is their defense is uh, leaves a little to be desired. And um, <clears throat> but this year they do seem. I think it's probably the best Leafs team that we've seen since like 93 ish kind of thing, like oh. that I can remember. And, you know, it's, I uh, think on paper, it's, it's, it's the best Leafs team they've, yeah. they've got out on paper. Like Matthews wins, he's winning trophies that haven't been won by any Leafs in years. 
and the Hart Trophy, or sorry, the uh, Rocket Richard, nobody, no Leaf has ever won that. And same uh, with the Rookie of the Year, it's been like 50 years or something. And then Marner breaking Leaf assist records, Nylander, Nylander and Marner both broke the rookie point records in the same year. I think all, actually all three of them did. So we, the talent, and then we had all the depth. And having Spezza play third line has just been, uh, like he's playing against lesser talent. His skills are showing up like leader of the B team, you know? Um, and they've just been so deep in the defenses, but what's been really the the best part, best surprise of the season is that they've been really, really solid. And I think Brody was definitely the piece. I, I hated Tyson Berry. Uh, and to replace Berry with Brody is, was just an incredible step up. Mm-hmm. I can't believe how good he is, to be honestly. Like you just don't notice him. He's so steady. Makes That's how you know that a defenseman's pretty good sometimes is you just don't notice him. 100 when, <laughs> yeah. when he makes a mistake and you notice him, it's like, oh, my God, I forgot we had Brody. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, like, he's, he's so good. So how much other hockey did you watch? Do you Did you watch any of the American divisions or anything? No, I, the, I got three kids. It keeps me pretty busy. And uh, so, and I try to focus in on other things too, but I, I, of course on sports center and I keep up to date on it and see what's, what's going on. So I'm a little bit nervous. I'm not too nervous. Actually. I think the best teams in each division are really strong teams, no matter where they would have played. And those are the teams that are seen to be coming out of it anyway. So um, like Winnipeg and Winnipeg would have been a tough out for any team in the league. Um, and it looks like Toronto's going to move on. People were thinking that they were going to be a contender. And then I'm, my, I can't uh, who's moved on already? Colorado. Colorado swept uh, St. Louis. Yeah. And then I think tonight, and then for those listening, this will already have happened. But tonight there's an opportunity that Vegas can eliminate uh, Minnesota. And uh, there might be another... Tampa can put Florida out tonight as well. So, and yeah. if, if all those happen, Florida actually was seated higher. So if all those happen, then like those are all the best teams getting through, and that's kind of yeah. the way it should be. Now it's going to be interesting to see how the scouting reports for each team. This is kind of going to be a big thing for them. The uh, video coaching is going to be more more important than ever, mm-hmm. and memories, I guess. From but that's why it's great to have all this experience because. Spets and Thornton really know the league. Uh, Simmons, like these guys, been around for a while, so I think it's gonna, it's going to be exciting when that when the quarter or when the semis happen. See what happens. Yeah. The other teams must be feeling that too, because all three American divisions have their strong teams, right? Yeah, totally. And it's there's a lot of just like uh, I guess unknowns about teams. Once you get out of your division, you know you wouldn't have played that team all year. You can go back to previous years and say okay well they used to play like this but yeah yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see when that happens so these are not playing like they have in previous years exactly right like if you skip the leaves like they played before you're yeah you're golden because (laughs) uh, they fired babcock mid-season last year Keith never got to really form his roster he had to teach these guys his systems along the way and now he's had the whole offseason that to do that so i think we're seeing what Sheldon Keith has offered and uh, it's pretty good so far. So on, on previous episodes, we've had some good, good hockey chats with the Chris number two from anti flag and, and Dave Bedini who hey, Dave, I guess is someone that you, you hit the ice with. Um, can you just 
can, can you just tell us about like what, what's the ice time like and what, what's, what's that group of guys or group of, uh, you know, are they musicians as well yeah, or uh, what's the, what's the connection there? Musicians, firefighters, deadbeat dads, uh, you know, it's the typical hockey dressing room. Um, I play with Bedini. I play, uh, on, in, on Thursday mornings. Uh, most of the guys are, you know, late thirties, forties, and there's a couple of young guys. Uh, and it's a good hour of hockey. He plays goal and, uh, he's fiery. He's, he's, he's pretty serious out there. So am I though. Um, uh, but it's, uh, that, that's actually probably one of my favorite skates, but then I play, um, with my lead, my men's league team is called the black Stokes. And, uh, on that it's filled with musicians. I got Jim Cuddy on that team. I got the Devin Cuddy band or Devin Cuddy, uh, guys from James, James party guys from the Ferraros. I got actually all the Ferraro brothers sometimes come and play. Um, and that's my league team that I've been on for 17 years. Wow. Uh, something like that anyway. And, um, and then with number two, I played with him on tour cause him and I, uh, were, we did a Canadian tour together and we knew we were both hockey nuts. So I told him to bring his gear and we would play pickup along the way. And that was pretty fun. He's good. And then we play like, he always has a couple of hockey sticks with him on tour. So whenever we bump into him, he's, we just play like pass with the nice. ball. <laughs> so is, is there a standout moment? Like, uh, you know, you mentioned the one in Prague, but like, uh, especially across Canada, like, is there, you, you roll into like Billy talent was also playing probably bigger venues on some of these tours. So was there ever an opportunity to skate in an NHL rink or anything like, or any cool experiences like that? Yeah, I've had a lot of, Oh God, I've had the best, best experiences because it's like the, the second best option for, from my first dream, uh, becoming <laughs> becoming a famous musician has been like absolutely incredible. I'm not going to, not going to lie, but I got to play the Juno cup, which, yeah. um, the charity game that happens on the Friday night of the Juno week or yeah, the Thursday night of the Friday night of the Juno weekend. And, uh, I played in that several times and that pits the artists versus ex NHLers from all the regular cities. And, uh, when, when we were in Winnipeg, um, played against Chris King and I became friends with Chris King and he invited me to play in new market on, in a three on three game with like Mike Gardner, Wendell <laughs> Clark, uh, Gary Lehman. Uh, I scored on Ryan Whitney and that was, I was almost barfing. I tried my, my hardest that I possibly could. These guys are just coasting playing like their wrecked three on three hockey. Can you imagine playing three on three with the fastest, Man, Mike Gardner. Mike Gardner. Yeah. That guy had wheels. <laughs> totally, he totally dominated. He totally dominated. Does he still but, have the mustache? Oh yeah. I had to take a few breaks because like, like the the board, like they would just cycle through the line, and uh, I had to sit off the bench because it was like seven o'clock in the morning. I think I was still smoking cigarettes. <laughs> um, but that was probably one of the coolest moments. And then Chris King and I and a couple of the guys went out for breakfast. But the Juno Cup games have been the most spectacular because I met some of my, my favorite Leafs, and Doug Gilmore and Wendell Clark and uh, and uh, Gary Roberts. Gary Roberts chased me down in, in, in a practice media game. We uh, we were just doing like media for the Juno Cup, and it was months before the Junos, but we were trying to drum up some interest. So they invited like Natalie Spooner. I can't remember the Olympic goalie from the Canadian women's team. She was there. 
Gary Roberts and Brad Delgarno, who's a friend now, and he's a local guy. He used to play for the Islanders. And uh, Sammy Joe Small, Brad Delgarno, right? Uh, no, um, maybe, maybe. Anyway, sorry. Nice Any, uh, that, that's good though. Um, and then uh, it was Gary, uh, sorry, and Gary Roberts and, and uh, Brad Delgarno, and then it was me, Devin Cuddy, Jim Cuddy. And uh, I can't quite remember who, oh, oh uh, Jer from Monster Truck were the artists. And so we did all the media and we were on a skates and gear. And then we just had a little four on four game. And I got a breakaway on the goalie and I'm coming down like, yeah, this is awesome. And I'm like in, in alone from like almost like half between the blue line and the red line, skating my ass off. And then I can just hear like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> behind me. I'm like, oh my God. And I'm like, I got time, and I'm just about to release my shot. And just before I did, he just pushed my elbow a touch with his stick, and the puck went into the corner. <laughs> and we're, we're not even playing anything. Just let me take a shot on the Olympic goalie. Oh, it, it, and then I see him in the change room after, and he's a beast, man. He, like, he looks like he should be playing football now. Yeah. Which is crazy. Well, he's definitely uh, turned his uh, career into – or like a successful career into training all these guys. Yeah. Um, a question that I've 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 run past actually Eric Melvin uh, from NoFX, um, Chris Number Two, a few other guests is um, you know if you had to think about all the bands out there that you know you're friends with or you're familiar with, if if <laughs> all those bands you know put on skates and lace them up and they were all hockey teams, who who would be the best team? Like who, which which band has the best collection of hockey players? Oh man, it might be Nickelback. They're Canadians and they're all like big guys <laughs> big Alberta farm boys or something yeah. right? and they can handle all that abuse man that like that. <laughs> um I don't know that's a great question wouldn't be my band um are you the only hockey player in Billy Talent I am but Ben is a sports guy oh, yeah. and uh like he's athletically inclined too uh and he plays golf and Aaron loves basketball but he's not athletic and Ian He'll jump on the bandwagon when the Leafs are in the playoffs, but he doesn't give a rat's ass. <laughs> We've got more important things to do, like keep our career going. Yeah, <laughs> right, right tunes, I guess. And but yeah, so like, how about even in like, who are some of the best hockey players that are in bands? Like, you know, obviously you said Chris is is a great player, but who you else? Mentioned Jim Jim Cuddy there. I've heard tell that he's got uh, he's got quite the wheels and is a good player. Good, good, and he's he's inspirational for me because uh, like he's older than me and he's really good still and he keeps playing and it's it's inspiring to watch. Um, his son Devin is really really good. He reminds yeah. me of Hawk in the way he plays in our in our pickup games. He's just so long and fast and strong. Um, and all the Ferraro guys are really good players too. Um, some of the guys that come up we we played with in the Juno Cup have been really good too, and I can't remember everybody's name because they'd be like a country artist or something and it'd be really good and i had no idea about the genre and then like yeah. just from hockey and uh so but yeah those are a few really good ones um that's kind of cool you said both jim and devin are on your team yeah. uh, your your beer team so that's the, the father-son <laughs> combo playing that's the dream i think isn't it? it is and that's what i was getting at and there's there's another father and son uh pairing on the team too and it's really cool to see and it's like my my son's he was just playing video games behind me he's 13 and uh he plays one game a week you know he's more of a video game kid but he still likes playing hockey but sometimes those guys really get into men's league so 
I'm really hoping that he, he'll, <laughs> him and I can share the ace window. Yeah, five more years when he hits 18, it'd be like, okay, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get you into the gym. <laughs> How did you find balance with uh, with Billy Town kind of getting getting pretty big and, and still maintaining, uh, being able to play hockey and stuff like that? Is it just because you were like really into it and you found a way? Yeah, I just, I just made the time, you know, um, and I, I liked it so much. It's so part, it's such a big part of my mental health too. Like it's a great release. I don't think about anything when I'm doing it. I like being active and I used to lift weights and train and do things like that when I didn't have a girlfriend and stuff. And my body kind of requires that now. And hockey is the most fun way for me to do it. So it's more about, it's, it's just important for me to do it in a, a grand way. So I, I find the time. Um, in terms of watching it, that becomes a challenge when you're over in Europe and you're yeah. trying to find elite games in the playoffs. One time we ran a, like a, a 50 foot cable through, um, <laughs> through the venue, like out the window into the tour bus, just so we could see a great game. And it was during the, the playoff series when the Leafs blew it in game seven, blew the four one lead, but Oh yeah. One game. I think they won game three and that's what we watched that night. And it was really good. Here in Winnipeg, there's no shortage of opportunity of us hearing about the Leafs. Like, you know, Sportsnet will tell us, TSN will tell us, TSN will tell us again. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I'm like, I'm sure like Winnipeg coverage in, in, in Toronto is, you know, maybe a little, a little thin. So. Uh, I don't think so. I think we get all the same stuff that you guys do just in different orders. And sometimes they lead, they like, they'll lead with the other teams I think just to try to disprove that and it doesn't really bother Leaf fans. Sometimes I'm running late for sports center anyway. So I'm like, well, maybe they'll see the Edmonton game. Uh, and, uh, but um, no, I think we get a lot of, a lot of good information uh, about the jets and what pisses me off sometimes though, is like when you can't watch the regional coverages, especially this right. season, you know, I see like, Oh, jets, Ottawa. Great. I'd love to see that matchup. There's great players to watch. And then I go to tune it and it's regional and it's black blocked out and and that kind of holds you back a little bit but yeah man i think uh i think that i think i know a lot about the jets i don't know the whole roster though like lowry scares the crap out of me oh yeah he's he's great actually one last question has billy talent had any songs like as as like teams you know goal song or coming out song or is bill are are there any billy talent songs on video games or or like nhl games or anything like that like uh, red flag is on the is on nhl uh 2005 or six or something like that yeah and then uh i've heard uh, well um red flag was on that no other hockey games but i've heard river below i've heard billy town songs at, at the at the Leafs games quite a few times uh being there and that's really cool we had a billy talent night where we gave away vinyl and they gave us jerseys uh so that 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 was kind of uh we've gotten some love for our music through the sports world. There was a blue Jay that was using river blow as his walkout music too, which was really cool. Sweet. Well, Johnny, we're all pretty much out of time here. So we'll wrap it up here. We always like to tell the listeners out there to keep their stick on the ice, take quick shifts, get pucks deep tune in next time. And we'll go out with the new Billy talent song is reckless paradise.
That was Reckless Paradise by Billy Talent. And uh, yeah, great little chit chat with uh, Johnny. And of course, Billy Talent coming to Winnipeg in April uh, with their pals and uh, former uh, guest of the show, uh, Anti Flag. Chris, of course, of Anti Flag was on our show last year and hope to probably have him back on again sometime soon. So uh, yeah, that was. Uh, Pretty hot little ticket. Yeah. So that was from, I guess, the spring of 2021. But Tommy, uh, big night in the league last night. Uh, Saturday night is always a big night for hockey. Uh, you know, there was a pretty big, almost a football score going on with uh, yeah. the Leafs and the Red Wings. Uh, there was another There was another outdoor game. Uh, what did you see last night? So I kind of flipped on Hockey Night in Canada between a couple of different games. I watched the Habs and Sens, which I know – you'd be like, well, why would you watch two like last place teams? But honestly, like I like the Sens young players. I like what they got going on there. And I'm a Montreal fan historically, but I just haven't really watched many Habs games this season. And that was a, not a bad game. Two, one final for Montreal. I also kind of watched a bit of that Detroit, uh, Toronto game. And yeah, it was like a 10, seven final. Like what in the world? was going on there. It was just like goals. You want goals? Here they are. Mitch Marner had four of them. Uh, Raymond, the Detroit rookie, had four. No, sorry, three. Um, I don't know. So there's a few hat tricks going on. The goalies, they forgot to show up. <laughs> and um, But I was, you know, despite Detroit's terrible showing, um, at least by their goalies, um, I kind of was thinking, you know, Maybe I'll become a Detroit fan. I really like Cider, Mo Cider on defense. 
um, you know, I like Larkin. Uh, they've got they've got some players that I enjoy. That looks like they're kind of coming around, and their classic red uniforms. Just like I love them. So yeah. I was like, well, maybe I'll be a Detroit fan. So. You might, you might have to submit an application to our buddy, Vinny Toucans. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Out, he's a big Detroit guy. Yeah. Fill out the form. He'll review it and he'll get back to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you can get on the bandwagon. <laughs> yeah. Is there room? So, and then there was another, there was another outdoor game. Yeah. The uh, outdoor, the stadium series game in Nashville, of course. And that was a big spectacle. You had the lightning arriving in like cowboy, you know, the, Canadian tuxedo denim, <laughs> denim on denim. And then the, uh, the Preds arrived all wearing like motorcycle, like <laughs> leather jackets and stuff. I was like, what is happening? Like, is that but, something you know, that I guess started with Boston when they did the whole like eighties look like for mm, the Lake Tahoe game, they all right, came yeah. up like in wraparound Oakley's and <laughs> neon and like fanny packs and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, bizarre, but it, you know, it sells the game. The fans like it. It's it's pretty fun. Um, and that was an intense game. Like from what I watched of it, it was like like Nashville's got the most fighting majors in the whole league, but you can't push Tampa around. They're back to back cup champions and they are built, they're heavy, they're tough. And then they get you on the power play. And that's how they won the game three two yesterday. They had two power play goals essentially. And that was the difference, but they, and Kucherov, I, that hit, he went Bardownski for the old game winner. I think it was what turned out to be the game winner. And um, I mean, he's just like, you know, he's sick, but like the, 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 the lightning, you know, the more that I see them play this season, I'm just like, how can they not win a third cup in a row? It'll all just come down to the grind of the playoff tournament. And if they are deep enough to withstand any possible injuries that happen in the playoffs. But like, I just can't, I mean, you know, Colorado is high flying and they're getting pretty good goaltending from uh, Darcy Kemper. And, you know, they're a team that you're like, well, pretty good. And then you look at Florida, the Panthers, and they're just like, so high flying, et cetera. But I just can't see anybody beating Tampa. And that outdoor game against Nashville yesterday, that was a beauty. And, you know, some people think the outdoor thing's getting old. I like it. I still like it. So, I don't know. But we're going to wrap this show up here with a little tune. Another tune by Billy Talent. Again, coming to Winnipeg in April. Grab your tickets. Uh, they're playing the Park Theater. And... No, they're playing the Burton Cummings Theater. I think. Oh, yeah. my bad. Yeah. At the Burt. Okay. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Don't listen to yeah, me. Maybe just search where they're playing. <laughs> yeah. Google it first. Um, <laughs> don't just show up. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, let's go out on Red Flag by Billy Talent. This is a song that if you were a video game person playing uh, Chell, as it were, that's me being an old guy referring to EA Sports NHL. And this is Red Flag by Billy Talent. Now, keep your stick on the ice and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. Check you later. Minds of kids, and now 
Just show us a thing or two.